Hello, and welcome to The Essentials. I am James. I'm the pastor of the Freedom Moravian Church. And here on this podcast, we like to talk about life. We explore our faith and we celebrate the hope and good news that we see through it all. For this episode, I'm going to be bringing you our message from July 2nd, Sunday morning. I apologize for the short delay in episodes as I was away traveling, but we are back at it and glad that you have returned to listen to another episode. So our readings for worship on the second were these. The first came from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. This is the binding of Isaac, and we're using the Common English Bible. After these events, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, Abraham answered, I'm here. God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him up as an entirely burned offering there on one of the mountains that I will show you. Abraham got up early in the morning, harnessed his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, together with his son Isaac. He split the wood for the entirely burned offering, set out, and went to the place God had described to him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place at a distance. Abraham said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will walk up there, worship, and then come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the entirely burned offering and laid it on his son Isaac. He took the fire and the knife in his hand, and the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, My father, Abraham said, I'm here, son. Isaac said, Here's the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the entirely burned offering? Abraham said, The lamb for the entirely burned offering? God will see to it, my son. The two of them walked on together. They arrived at the place God had described to him. Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He tied up his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. But the Lord's messenger called out to Abraham from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham said, I'm here. The messenger said, don't stretch out your hand against the young man and don't do anything to him. I now know that you revere God and didn't hold back your son, your only son, from me. Abraham looked up and saw a single ram caught by its thorns in the dense underbrush. Abraham went over, took the ram, and offered it as an entirely burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham named that place, the Lord Sees. That is the reason people today say, on this mountain, the Lord is seen. Our gospel lesson is a short one. It's from Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 to 42. Those who receive you are also receiving me. And those who receive me are receiving the one who sent me. Those who receive a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. 
Those who receive a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. I assure you that everybody who gives even a cup of cold water to these little ones, because they are my disciples, will certainly be rewarded. Here ends the reading of the word. Now, as I mentioned, that I just got back from Synod, a gathering of the Moravian Church that takes place every four years. This one was five years since our last time gathered together. That's because of COVID made us skip a year, but it's our meeting every four years where we elect new leaders, where we go over resolutions and make decisions about the future of the church. And yesterday in worship, I jokingly threatened our congregation that in my due diligence to tell them everything about Synod, that I had my stack of resolutions and proposals, and I was going to read them all to them at nauseum until they got delirious and so bored that they wouldn't be able to take it any longer. Because as much as Synod is a great time of fellowship and fun and a great chance to be together, the closing days, the final two days, are really consumed with the work on the synod floor. Reading reports, sometimes reading every single word of reports that are four pages long, discussing them, voting on them, trying to get through as many as we can so people can make their flight home. And I will probably sum up the entire work of Synod in a later episode about some of the things that our church is working on. But for this message, I want to focus on one resolution in particular, because I think that this resolution speaks to a mindset that we need to have as a church and as Christians, and how sometimes it is a struggle to get there. It's about a willingness to be curious to ask questions with an open mind. And the resolution that I'm referring to instructs the PEC, our Provincial, Provincial Elders Conference, the leaders of the province that we reside in, to learn and explore more about the issue of gender identity and faith life, and then to find or develop training material that will be required for Northern Province pastors to complete and encouraged for all tiers of church leadership. This is an instruction to learn more about issues of gender identity and how faith churches have hurt people as they explore their identity and their faith and to look for ways that we can do better. So yes, as a church, we are still working through sexual orientation and gender identity. In 2014, the Northern Province of the Moravian Church affirmed same-sex marriage. In 2018, at the next synod, we affirmed people no matter how they identify. And these have been tough conversations. And this year, we wanted to continue to educate ourselves in order to best serve a community that has been so very hurt by the Christian church in the past. 
Now, as this resolution was brought to the Synod floor, people had three main reactions to it. People were in support, people were conflicted, and people were strongly opposed to getting this training. For those in support, we heard pastors and lay delegates share their gratitude that we are making strides to truly being a more inclusive place. They shared stories about people they know and love, how they feel embraced and affirmed by this work that our church is doing. People who were conflicted about this resolution shared that they absolutely know that Jesus loves everyone and accepts everyone, but they struggle when man and woman are created in Genesis, and now people identify as something other than those two genders, and they wrestle with reconciling those two pieces. And for those in opposition, they didn't think they should be required to take training in something they don't believe in. And they felt marginalized for their beliefs, like too much was being asked of them. And this debate on the floor raged on. It pushed us well past our scheduled break for lunch. The talk went on and on. And I had thoughts about going to the microphone, but my introverted self couldn't quite muster the courage, so I sat and listened. And as I listened, there was a lot going through my mind. I was glad that we were talking about this issue, but with that, I was also frustrated. Because I am tired of an issue like this sparking so much division. I was also embarrassed that the delegates who are members of the LGBTQIA community had to sit and listen to this debate like who they are, like their own identity as a person, was like a line item on a budget. I also felt like we were missing the point. So this resolution instructed pastors to get more training, to get more education. And it felt like the people who were opposed to it interpreted this resolution as if they needed to flip a switch and throw away everything they believed in their entire lives. That in an instant, they had to totally understand this issue and come to a new understanding. And there is some truth that says we can't expect instant change overnight. We as a community have to appreciate that this is a journey. But this resolution pointed out the fact that many of us, myself included, are quite uneducated when it comes to gender identity. It is something relatively new to us. It's something we don't have the language for but it's certainly here to stay. And I feel like the conversation around it needs to continue. Learning more seems like a reasonable thing to do. And to say we aren't willing to explore more, to say that we're against this training, 
makes our church a lot less inclusive than we claim to be. And if we truly want a life of faith to be safe for all people, we have to be willing to learn and walk with all people. And to me, this resolution called for us to have an open mind for the sake of hospitality. Our church describes itself and prides itself on being welcoming and affirming that all people belong here. And to put that belief into practice, the least I can do is educate myself about an experience that's different than my own. I want to hear what you've been through. I want you to tell me your story. And you are worthy of me facing the ways that the church has hurt you or continues to hurt you. So I can try to help us mend that relationship. It's about more than saying that Jesus loves you and that should be enough. It's about saying, I love you, and I'm going to show you that love by walking with you. More training, more education just helps us move forward in an informed and compassionate way instead of jumping to our own conclusions. You know, sometimes I think that we lose sight of what God is really asking of us. And sometimes we assume that God is demanding the entire world. And we think we're right there with Abraham and with Isaac that we are contemplating child sacrifice because we think God needs grand gestures to prove our faith, to solve this complex issue, to fix the world's problems all at once. It feels like too much. But God stopped Abraham from doing that huge thing, that impossible thing. And Jesus goes on to tell us that hospitality and love are actually much simpler. Following God is much simpler. It's like giving a cold cup of water to someone who's thirsty. It's about paying attention to their needs and responding. It's showing up for someone when they need you. In this instance, it's about being curious and open-minded, looking for where we can provide care instead of deciding who doesn't belong. And through Jesus, God kept bringing new people in. People who were rejected and people who were misunderstood. Jesus brought them in with simple acts of hospitality. Sharing meals, joining in conversation, and just acknowledging their presence when the world told them that they were worthless. And as these acts of hospitality expanded who deserves God's love, it wasn't a welcome change in their society. 
people would have stood up on the synod floor opposed to Jesus doing these things. Because some were too different. Some were too broken in their eyes. And Jesus was seeking them out anyway. I have a pretty strong sense about how Jesus would vote on this resolution we debated last week and passed last week. How Jesus would feel about this opportunity to embrace a community that has been constantly victimized. And I'm thankful that we've committed to walking in his footsteps towards a new expression of true inclusion and love. Amen. Well, I thank you for listening to another episode here on The Essentials. Stay tuned for more episodes coming up this week. You can learn more about the church I serve. That's the Freedom Moravian Church through our website. You can worship with us on YouTube and follow us on Facebook as well. You can learn more about the Greater Moravian Church. You can catch up on other things we did at Synod at moravian.org. So take care, be well. And I will catch you next time.